Right now I'm looking at a picture of two penguins embracing each other. It's a beautiful photograph. It's an award winner for 2020. But it's the reason for the penguins embrace that has me sharing it with you in just a moment. The Daily Detour. Headlines and entertainment on your schedule. Featuring music by our house band, Quickie. And now, your host, Dan Roberts. Thanks for listening today, and uh, Happy New Year's Eve. Ooh, New Year's Eve. 2020, soon to be in the rearview mirror. Can't happen fast enough for some of us. Most of us? All of us? We'll wrap things up with Jesse Mae Peluso today. Gotta get her on the show uh, next year, once again. But this interview is from my KZZU archives, so thanks to them. But we'll start with that good news story and the penguins. This is a beautiful photograph of a couple of penguins sitting on some rocks, staring out at uh, the lights of a city. This is in Melbourne, Australia, where uh, I'm embarrassed to say I didn't even know they had penguins in Melbourne, Australia. And I know you're saying, Dan, this is a podcast. Uh, This is a really dumb story to share with us. We can't see. We can only rely on your feeble attempts to paint a picture of the penguins in our minds. No, I'll put a link to the penguin photograph in the episode notes, in the episode description of this podcast. So if you don't know, uh, you know, usually you'll see some words trail off under the title and you can hit more and that should be where you find the link to the photograph. But it's a young black penguin with his arm around an elderly, I'm told an elderly uh, white penguin or grayish and they're fairy penguins which means they spread pixie dust and magic wherever they go. And the reason I'd like you to take a look at that photograph and the reason I'm talking about these penguins right now is because their story touched me. They are both widowed penguins, and they meet regularly to comfort each other, standing for hours, watching the dancing lights of the city nearby. And there's a little video there, too, and the elderly gray penguin, white penguin, nuzzles the head of the younger penguin in his tuxedo, the Dapper Dan, as it were. And they know the backstory of the penguins because, you know, they folks keep an eye on these birds. There are volunteers monitoring them. But I just found that fascinating, and it just goes to show you, no matter the animal, big or small, there's more going on inside those uh, brains, inside those tiny souls, than most of us give credit to, right? The photographer says he's received thousands of messages and comments of how these two little birds have touched and mended broken hearts, brought joy, hope, and love into people's lives, and says it has become a symbol of togetherness and love. So I guess they don't have to worry about a date for the uh, New Year's Eve party, which they'll do completely responsibly, socially distancing on Zoom. You know, I probably didn't do that story justice, but Morgan Freeman was unavailable and also super expensive, so you got me. It's time for headlines. I think I can manage that. California and Colorado both have confirmed cases of the new, new and improved coronavirus. The variant strain that was first noticed in the UK, but no one's calling it a British invasion. No one's calling it the uh, fab flu. Little Beatles reference for you. And it was probably here already when it was first reported in the UK. At any rate, he knew it was going to be here. There was no way it wasn't going to be here. But the good news they are saying is that they think the vaccine will be just fine and effective. The current vaccine will be effective against uh, the old COVID-19 or the new and improved strain. It spreads faster, but I guess it's not necessarily more deadly. So it's basically the same old thing in a brand new package. You know, it's basically marketing 
uh, but with a virus. After leading the GOP to uh, roadblock the $2,000 stimulus checks, I guess Mitch McConnell uh, yesterday introduced his own version of the bill to do exactly what they just shot down. But they also included a couple of other priorities for President Trump. One was the legislation to repeal the liability protection for online platforms. And the other is to create a committee on the Election Assistance Commission to study election integrity. Why do they bury these things? This is why you see people voting against something that seems like common sense. Because they bury these other things in there as as a condition. Like, oh, we'll give you the $2,000, but... To do that, we also want you to vote for this thing that you may or may not be against. It's not new. Both parties do it. But it's just bizarre to me as a simple taxpaying folk. Also making headlines is this uh, shocker. Nashville police were warned in August of last year that Anthony Warner, the alleged Nashville bomber, was capable of making a bomb. This according to a report from the Metro Nashville Police Department from August of 2019 that was obtained by the Tennessean uh, newspaper. Back then, police officers were called to the home of Warner's girlfriend by her attorney, and when they arrived, they found her sitting on the porch with two unloaded guns nearby. She said those guns belonged to Warner and that she didn't want them in the house any longer. She also told officers that he frequently talks about the military and bomb making and that he knows what he's doing and is capable of making a bomb. In fact, she told them that her boyfriend was making bombs in an RV, an RV that they saw in the backyard. They didn't have a warrant to enter. And uh, after kind of doing what sounds now like a superficial look-see, I guess they determined there there was nothing more they could do there. In fact, the police chief uh, said yesterday that he believes that the officers did everything they could legally back then. Maybe they could have followed up more. Hindsight is 2020. Well, yes, hindsight in 2021 is definitely 2020. That has got to go on a t-shirt in my merch shop. Yeah, but if someone says their boyfriend's building bombs in an RV and they've already handed you two guns, I mean, don't you go back until the guy is there and uh, interview him, ask to see inside the RV? I don't, do you just go, well, it's been a few days, there's still no explosions, I guess we'll move on. I mean, I don't know what the thought process is there. It's just unfortunate, and there are so many instances where you don't see a red flag, you know. We learn so much about these people after the thing has happened, but in this case, they got a heads up like a year and a half ago, but didn't pursue it very far. Anyway, it seems like there's more information on this uh, this guy trickling in every day. So who knows what we'll know by tomorrow or in the next week or so. The mystery becoming less of a mystery anyway. I don't know if you've seen a photograph of the destruction that he achieved with his bomb, but it's a, it's a lot. I don't know if enough people have seen the actual images, but businesses, apartments, just obliterated. Fortunately, police got everyone out. As, as far as we know, everyone got out safely before the explosion. Meanwhile, Petula Clark, who's the singer of the song Downtown that the Nashville bomber played in the RV, it's a number one hit, her, her big hit, says that she felt the need to express her shock and disbelief at the Christmas Day explosion in our beloved Music City. She says she loves Nashville and its people. Why this violent act leaving behind it such devastation? Of all the thousands of songs the guy could have played, why mine? Why this one? And then she recognized that the opening lyric is, When you're alone and life is making you lonely, you can always go downtown. 
it's really a happy, upbeat song, which makes it so creepy that it was played. But uh, hopefully it, it is not like forever associated with this incident. Instead of just being uh, allowed to be remembered on its own as a fun pop song from the 60s. All right, let's get into some stuff that's a little more fun. Time for the Daily Dish. I'm staring at a picture of a shirtless Paul McCartney. That is something I can never unsee. Love Paul, but he's 78. (laughs) He's got his hair in a man bun, which is allegedly the point of the picture. Because no one wants to admit that they took a picture of a shirtless 78-year-old because they have a grandpa fetish. He doesn't look bad, I guess, but he's never been uh, especially muscular. (laughs) I don't know. The whole look, the whole thing is a little disturbing. He appears to be taking a picture of something. I don't know if he's taking a selfie for his gram. It's all about the gram. Or if there's uh, something in the foreground that we can't see. But somewhere John Lennon is looking down and saying, Hey, Paul, put your bloody shirt on. Your boobs are sagging. Speaking of boobies, as long as we're talking about boobies, feel free to unsubscribe to this podcast if the word boobies offends you. I say this because Billie Eilish lost 100,000 followers after posting a drawing that she did of boobs. Boobs of all shapes and sizes, natural-looking boobs, and at least one pair of boobs that looks like they were perhaps surgically enhanced. Why did she do this? Well, Eilish was asked to share a drawing that she's proud of. I didn't even know she could draw. She's pretty good. And so she did, and it was just a bunch of naked women. Faceless, naked women. As you might draw in an art class. And they're tasteful enough, just like something that you would sketch. Something that, like, if you were practicing drawing the human form, this is what you do. But 100,000 people unfollowed her. It's very bizarre. This same subject matter of boobs hanging in museums all over the place. Playboy magazine at the Barnes & Noble, if you can find it. The magazine or a Barnes & Noble. You know, those are wrapped in plastic so you can't see the boobs until you get it home. But you can donate money and go look at them at the museum. It's just so bizarre to me. Meanwhile, there's topless beaches, you know, in France. France. And California is full of uh, boobs and tiny bikinis. But here in Washington State, they're constantly trying to shut down these uh, coffee shops with uh, baristas wearing lingerie or bikinis. And Billie Eilish loses 100,000 followers for penciled renditions of boobs. And she let it roll off. She said, uh, y'all babies, SMH. And ironically, a lot of people uh, talk about Billie Eilish always being so covered up and wearing baggy clothes. So she gets criticized for that, for not showing enough skin. And then penciled drawings from her lose her 100,000 followers. It's a weird world we're living in, my friend. Meanwhile, uh, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle have a brand new Spotify podcast in which you get to hear their son Archie's uh, voice for the very first time. He says, Happy New Year, and it's very cute and adorable. And they also interview Elton John on the first episode of their podcast. Because that's what you do, I guess. When you're uh, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry, you know, we all just get our friends to appear on our podcast. Their friends just happen to be rich and famous. That's all. But he referenced the, the pandemic and how he's a recovering alcoholic. And so he goes to AA meetings. But now that he's got to be socially distant, it's been kind of tricky. He says if it hadn't been for Zoom, where he could do virtual AA meetings, he doesn't know what he would have done. He says it's been a lifesaver. So yet another use of technology and use of Zoom specifically that you just wouldn't think of if it didn't apply to you. Everybody doing the best they can 
in 2020. And finally, if you're a fan of Jeopardy, you will get to see Alex Trebek's final episodes air next week. They begin on Monday and they wrap up on Friday with a tribute to Alex Trebek, who died of pancreatic cancer on November 8th at the age of 80. They say Trebek kept working up until 10 days before his passing. That was in late October when they shot these episodes. And after the final game on Friday, they will air a little tribute with highlights. Uh, So it should be nice. Guy's been in people's living rooms for decades. Kind of a big deal to a lot of people. And really one of those shows and one of those personalities that's just uh, always been there. So you kind of take them for granted until something like this happens. Ken Jennings will begin hosting on Monday. And then I think they're, I don't know what the schedule will be, but they're going to rotate through a bunch of hosts, I think, for the next six months to a year. And out of that, I imagine they'll find their new host, which may indeed be Ken Jennings. Or it could be Courtney Kardashian. We don't know. All we know for sure is that the answer will come in the form of a question. All right, it's time to check in one last time with Jesse May Peluso. Again, this interview happened in April. So some of the things we're referencing will sound a bit dated, but uh, they kind of work as a time capsule already. Kind of interesting to hear how we were talking about the pandemic and how long we thought it might last. And worth hearing in any case, because she's just funny. And this is unedited. On the radio, had to bleep the hell out of her. But I've pretty much given you everything I've got from her, from this one interview anyway, uh, this week. So, without further ado, here's Jesse May Peluso and some other bozo. Here's a family in Australia. Yeah, in Australia. And I don't know if this could start happening here. I'm amazed at how fast that they did this under quarantine. Uh, they decided, which we've only been under for like... A month, right? Over I don't know. Over a if, month. Over a month. Over a month. Uh, well, they they can't handle not chatting with their neighbors and seeing their neighbors so much that they installed a fence with clear plastic sheeting, which That's I feel weird. Like is ambitious. That's weird. Is it weird? Okay. It like you can is. see through it? Yes. No. <laughs> the whole purpose of a backyard is to block out people, not I, to invite well, I, them. I agree with that. But Cut I Cut a hole in the fence and have like a, <laughs> a secret garden door. You know what I would do if I were the neighbor on the other side? I would spread my butt cheeks and put it right up on that I glass. Think, I think they were down with it. Here's what. Here's some audio from the family. We needed a way to keep in touch with our neighbors, Kylie and Leo and Hal and Wes, over the fence without sort of breaching social distancing rules. It's really nice because we can say, like, humans. We can say okay, humans. Okay, first of all, where the, where the frick... Do they live? I did that so you wouldn't have to bleep me. Yeah. Where the frick do they live? <laughs> it sounds like they're in a bird sanctuary. Yeah, well, they're in Australia. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It sounds like that pterodactyl cage from Jurassic World. <laughs> what do you call that? Like the infirmary, the bird infirmary. That's what uh, it sounds like. The bird infirmary. I think that's the word. Am I wrong? That would imply they're they're injured. Are, is it? What's Are you the thinking word? of? Uh, uh, I know what you're. Uh, Come on, what's like, the fucking word? It's like arboretum, word? but it's not arboretum. It's bird. I'm typing it right now. Okay. It's bird not infirmary. In... <laughs> you're not gonna like what you see. What is it called? I could. Oh God. Bird. A big bird cage. Bird it's, cage. Sounds like at actuary, zoo. but it's not actuary. Yeah, it's something like that. What's it called, guys? Aviary. Aviary. <laughs> We're going to credit that to someone on the Elastic Waistband Text Line. 9816338. Infirmary. <laughs> it's a, it that, well basically it is an infirmary because that's for crazy people, isn't it? 
No, I think it's for like when you're really injured, you go to the infirmary. Oh shit! Well, yeah. that's that's kind of what's going on, anyways. Right now, we're all we're all in one yeah. giant infirmary. You know what bugs me is that. Uh, on, on spec, I was impressed that they react. I thought it was a little extreme. Like, you could be done with this in another couple weeks. Probably not. But, you right. know, it just seems like adjusting your fence is a little extreme until further down the road. But there was music produced under that. I think this guy is hoping to market the, these yes. invisible fences that don't shock your dog, if you will. Because uh, that's what it is. It's like an invisible fence. It's an invisible fence? Well, it's a clear plastic sheet. That just is, like, I don't know. It's a lot. It's a lot, yeah. you know? I mean, what's going on with their neighbors? Are they swingers? I they might be swingers and they miss each other. Yeah, I thought so, too. You know what I mean? They're yeah. like, oh, hey, what's up, Bob and Trish? It's been a while since we yeah. swapped. I don't even... We got to put up vinyl fencing at our place because we have an old wood fence and it just needs some work. But uh, but I don't even like the, the little slats, the little... Just the little peaks that you can get through the fence well the whole beauty of having a home is privacy right yeah you're right you you put up a clear sheet what are we doing what are we doing hannibal lecter (laughs) why are why is there a sheet in the backyard yeah put up a freaking picket fence like the rest of the people and stop pretending like you want everyone to be your best friend who doesn't want to walk around in their backyard with their balls out i sure know i do there's a lot to explain there hey that segues nicely to this and i'm not gonna i shouldn't have to explain it because I got a fence up. That's why I don't have to explain it. So it's the uh, whole purpose of the fence, so I don't have to explain it. Yeah, you know what I found this morning on accident is uh, a picture of, or not a pic. I saw a, vi- a video of you. It is the one-year anniversary of the Yoda Shower Dance by Jesse May Palusa. It is. It is. Well, it's a little wow. bit past. It was April fifth. Close enough for the radio. Wow. God, we've come so far. It's funny because fans have asked me to do another one with a unicorn mask, but. <laughs> I have one in mind that I'm going to be recording, and I think everyone will really enjoy it. (laughs) For people that don't know, explain what what you posted. Well, I I use my social media, and I post thirst traps, if you will, to raise awareness for Alzheimer's. So I'll post a video. You know, in in the past, I've done my butt. I'll take a picture of my butt, but it's covered with a thong. But there'll be a beautiful vista behind me, and I'll use the hashtag AskForAlts to raise awareness, and I'll also attach... Hilarity for Charity Organization and Alzheimer's Association and a little bit of information about the disease and such. That's and beautiful. Yeah, it's a way to like lure people in with my booty and then <laughs> redirect them to get some information and spread awareness. Yeah. And so as a way to create other content, I was like, well, let me do a dance in the shower. And I was feeling low one day and I was dancing in the shower and I was like, well, this would be a good video. And then I put on a mask and I was in my bikini and I'm dancing around and I put music on and put all the information for the um, Alzheimer's Association and Hilarity for Charity in there. And I'm thirst trapping these hoes, Dan. I'm thirst trapping them. I love that. I'm trapping them and then I'm giving them information. (laughs) I'm forcing them into awareness. (laughs) Perfect. I I can't. Let's just leave it there. Uh, <laughs> Jesse May Peluso, thank you for uh, joining me. This has been so much fun. And tell everybody to go check out my podcast, Sharp Tongue Podcast. Check out um, Weeds Day. We're raising awareness for Alzheimer's. Anybody who is dealing with the disease, it's brutal. You can it find is. a lot of information at wearehilarityforcharity.org. Also, the Alzheimer's Association is all filled with um, advice and stuff like that. Yeah. Did they know about you? Like, have they... Uh... Have they approached you to do anything on any official capacity? Yes, yes. Uh, I've been in conversation with 
both organizations, as well as a really fun smaller charity called Laughter on Call, where they actually pair people who are in memory care facilities with comedians to entertain them. And I am, uh, those three associations are ones that I'm working with to try and provide my services and social media presence to help raise awareness for. Very cool. Well, be safe, be well. I uh, hope things get back to normal. Uh, when you want to have a gig, I hope it's, you know, in a, in a timely fashion to go back out and gig and travel and maybe even go to Japan. Yeah. I want to go back to Japan and get some of that sushi, you know. But for the meantime, I'm just going to read my Horton Here's a Whooping Cough. Right, right. I laugh just the way you say things. Like, all you said was go back to Japan, and but I, I really thought you were going to say something, that you were going to get something else, like something horrible in Japan. So I was already prepared to laugh. Oh, I got E. coli the first time I went there, so I think I'm good. I think oh. I'm immune now. Well, you have seen enough of Japan. <laughs> I've seen enough. I'm good in quarantine. I'm fine. Oh, my gosh. Before I get out of here, I said yesterday I, I stumbled upon this piece of writing that I did several years ago. It's about five years old, and I wrote it after I had just hosted a panel at the Lilac City Comic Con, which I've done several. I don't know specifically which one this was. I make no mention of it, uh, but it was uh, my first visit to a Chili's, if you can believe it. had never set foot in a Chili's until five years ago. And, you know, at the risk of uh, sounding full of myself, I think it's a nice little piece of writing. So I'd like to read it for you right now as we say goodbye to 2020 and we try to have positive thoughts and look for the good in people, look for the good in the world. I think this little story is a good reminder to do that. And it begins like this. I just need to get drunk enough that I can sleep, said the guy sitting next to me at the bar. I had stepped away from the Lilac City Comic Con with its wizards, golems, and caped crusaders, who, of course, are actually dentists, policemen, and cosmetologists, to grab a bite to eat across the street at Chili's. A stool along the rail seemed less pathetic than a table for one. And if I may interject, I was by myself because I was there on business to host the panel. I had friends inside, but my wife uh, declined to go this time. She's been to others. So anyway, back to the story. I'm, I'm sitting at the bar, and I'd never set foot inside a Chili's before. And this is where you gasp <gasps> and say, really? Are you kidding me? But I've never had the opportunity and never felt the need to seek one out. Sure, fat bastard from Austin Powers makes those baby back, baby back, baby back ribs sound irresistible, but I'm no fat bastard. I'm a slightly overweight bastard. A chubby bastard. As I was saying, I left the winged, horned, body-painted cosplayers of the Lilac City Comic Con behind so that I might feast upon something other than chicken tenders and fries or whatever they were serving up at the snack counter at the convention center. The restaurant was cozy. The service was friendly. The menu was sticky. As I waited for my healthy-ish turkey club sandwich to arrive, I browsed the internet on my phone, liked this, retweeted that, collected my virtual coins for my pretend slot machines. Hashtag bored, hashtag hungry, hashtag could be worse. Soon, the vacant bar stools next to me became occupied by a motley-looking bunch of characters. Wrinkled clothes, messy hair, and bleary eyes. They were staying at the hotel next door, I surmised, when one of... Wow, I used the word surmised. Now, there's a word that does not come out of my mouth very often. Back to the story. They were staying at the hotel next door, I surmised when one of the gentlemen called another hotel occupant to tell them, in a wind-beaten voice, Mark needs his shit! He's coming up! Apparently Mark was leaving town soon on a Greyhound bus, and as you know, one cannot leave town 
without their shit. A round of Long Island iced teas was ordered, and something told me it wasn't the first cocktail of the day. We've got 40 minutes, so we should be able to down three or four of these each, a mustached man in a fishing cap joked. At least I hoped he was joking. Nothing will make you projectile vomit faster than four consecutive Long Island iced teas. I mean, I've heard. I just need to get drunk enough that I can sleep, said the guy directly adjacent to me. He was not joking, and he kept looking at me. Quiet me. Minding my own business me. Well, okay, eavesdropping me. Here comes the bar fight, I thought. I finished my sandwich, which was very good, but refused to stay in the bread. And really, is it still a sandwich if the turkey flies out of the bread? And then I asked for the check. As the waitress was handing me that little plastic tray with my bill on it, one of the fishermen pushed my arm away, slapping a $100 bill down. I've got it, he muttered in a gravelly Latter-day Nick Nolte voice. Before I could protest, the transaction was complete. Surprised and taken aback, I didn't know what to say except... Thank you. Just pay it forward, the man in the fishing cap said. The moral of the story? Don't judge a book by its cover, even when it's getting drunk enough to sleep. Humbled, I headed back to the con. Aw, there's your story for today. It is a good lesson. There's two lessons in there. One, don't judge a book by its cover. And two, be kind to others. Be kind to strangers. Pay it forward. There's three lessons. I bet I could dissect that and find a fourth lesson, but I'll leave that to you if you need something to do. Otherwise, just have a great New Year's Eve, a safe New Year's Eve, a fun New Year's Eve, but mostly safe. And I'll catch you next episode, which is next year, which is also tomorrow. So kind of making a bigger deal out of it than it actually is. But anyway, thanks for listening as always. And we'll chat then. You've been listening to The Daily Detour, a production of Basic Bits LLC, hosted by Dan Roberts. Music by Quickie. And I'm your announcer, Libet Wolf. New episodes drop Monday through Friday. Subscribe now so you never miss a moment. And we'll chat with you next time. Hi, hi.